welcome to Conversations About Life. Thanks, Hank, for being a guest on our podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Will. It's my first podcast, so I'm pretty excited about it. Well, that's great. Um, We met at a men's Bible discussion, which has been a really good thing um, for me. And I just want to tell um, about the Bible discussion because it's the type of thing any group of people can do, um, and it's pretty easy and simple. So what we do is we get together. It's a group of men um, every Monday at 6.30, and we have dinner together. And then we read a chapter of the Bible out loud, break it up, read it out loud. And then there's um, six discussion questions we work through, and they're the same every week. Um, the first one is, you know, what stands out to you? The second one is, um, what do you like? And then, what don't you like? Right. Anything trouble you? And then, what does this chapter tell us about God the next question what does this chapter tell us about man the last question is what is the Holy Spirit telling you what are you going to take away right what's God saying to you through this chapter so we do it at home actually only there's not a whole lot of discussion here at home it's kind of hard to get discussion out of the kids sometimes (laughs) yeah but um, I do it at home too, by myself. So okay, yeah. There, there isn't a whole lot of discussion there, but there's something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> but the questions can be helpful. I can, you know, could see how that would be. But anyway, if um, anyone wants to join us, um, you know, reach out to me or to you, and we'll give them more details. We meet right by the post office in Barnhart. But it's the type of thing anyone could um, do on their own, too, with, you know, just grab a few people and and go at it. Um, good, food, good food, bunch of, whole bunch of nice guys. Yeah, and it's interactive. Like a lot of Bible study classes, it's more, um, I don't know, more listening and stuff, but this is more, you know, engaging as far as like just, you know, what do you think? And just looking over the chapter over and over again um, in those different ways, thinking about, you know, what do I like? What does trouble me? You know, and until what is God saying to me? So anyway, but let's go ahead and... um, We also kind of become somewhat of a extended type family. Sure. You know, we get... To know each other a lot better and discuss some things, know what's going on in each other's lives. It's there's camaraderie there as well. There is. Um, what about you? Um, so, as far as an introduction, um, how would you introduce yourself if you were just going to, um, you know, say, "Hey, this is who Hank is." Hank is. He tries to be the class clown. He's pretty successful at it most of the time. But generally, uh, 
I like everybody, and people seem to like me. I work hard. I'm serious when it needs to be serious. I work hard. I love Jesus. I just learn how to be a better person every day. You know, um, one thing I was wanting to ask you about, you um, you seem to have, like, you're a very pleasant person, and you seem to have some confidence about you that was expressed in what you just said. Like, you tend to like people, and people tend to like you. So as far as that confidence, you know, like sometimes um, people might just be a little shy or something like that, but... Have you always been kind of a little bit more outgoing and confident like that? Or um, what's the source of that? Or The source of for me is being in the group. Okay. Like this whole, what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. I've been kind of like a little nervous about it all day just because, because I'm on the spot, I guess. Okay. You know, so. But, yeah, I mean, when I'm in a group, especially in a group full of people that I have know or know a little bit and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I guess then I flourish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps you're an extrovert. Would, is that what you would say? I don't know because I feel a lot of I feel introvert a lot too. Oh, do you? Yeah. So yeah, like I, I don't particularly like being the one noticed. You know, I kind of like to uh, sit back and read the room before I go jumping in, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm not just a wild man crazy, like, hey, everyone, look at me. Right. It's more, yeah, I try to go a little more low-key than that. Right. So so I've heard um, people describe extroversion or being an introvert as, like, where do you, how do you feel energized? Like, being around people, do you feel like energized or does it kind of wear you down sap your strength or and you have to be alone to kind of rest and rest up and be energized um and it's just the opposite or um anyway um i I think that just depends on who who you're with i mean yeah i mean because yeah i mean when i'm at uh, my other my other group that's Everybody there's a comedian, so we we learn a lot, we laugh a lot. Yeah. You know, so I mean there it's energizing. Yeah. To where if you're somewhere where you know, you kinda gotta keep it a little low key or whatnot because you don't want to offend people. Mm-hmm. You know, some people don't they'd rather keep it low key. Right. You know, so And then it can feel a little more like work perhaps, huh? Or, yeah, it's just not, it's not the same, Mm -hmm. uh, what do you call it, dynamic. Right. Well, Hank, what has shaped you as a person into the person that you are today? How long do we got? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we have, have, uh, as far as space on my SD card, we got over 22 hours. That might do it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I would say a childhood struggle. Mm 
wasn't, we didn't go to church. My dad was a truck driver over the road for most of the time. And then there's a few times that he would stay local with the local company, so he'd be home at pretty much every night. Did you grow up around here? Yes, Hillsboro. Okay. Hillsboro, okay. Yeah, so he was kind of a iron rule with the iron fist kind of guy, but he was gone over the road all the time, so it was kind of like me and my brothers and mom, and if we misbehaved, it was she really wasn't the uh, disciplinarian. It was wait till your dad gets home, and I'm gonna tell him everything you guys did. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we had till like Friday to beg her, please, no, please don't tell dad. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was most it was mostly a fear relationship, mm-hmm. which you know there is healthy fear of your dad. But I don't know. It was too. There wasn't a balance to it. Right. So yeah, it was just. Mostly unpleasant all the time, anytime he was around. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I also, I had to help him work on his truck mm-hmm. all the time. Even had to miss school sometimes to help him fix the truck. Okay. Which I hated because he was a little bit, uh, well, he was just kind of mean. Mm-hmm. You know, but hold the light still, just. Yeah. It's hard to hold the lights still when you're shaking because you're a little kid and you're scared, <laughs> you know. But but after the fact of all that, I've learned to uh, work on cars, trucks. So yeah, I did. I did get, gain a lot of um, knowledge, right, from it. So that that's a good thing. Yeah. So. Um, you know, as far as like being afraid of your dad at, at times, and um, and just your conception of what God is like, I've heard people talk about you know the connection. Like um, you kind of you might a person might tend to think of God the way they might tend to think of their dad or something. I've heard, I've heard that. But, I mean, for me, being as young as I was, we didn't go to church. So, I mean, God was really not even on my mind whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was just a kid living life as a kid and trying to, just trying to get along. And then what happened, then how did you, um, what happened next as far as, like, um, leaving home and so forth? Well, what happened next is there was abuse that happened. Okay. When you were still at home? Yeah, when I was at home from my dad. Okay. And then I kind of wished him dead. Hmm. And then, weirdly enough, he had a truck accident and died. Okay. was killed in the truck probably, I don't know, a couple weeks later. So that was kind of a head spinner for me. How old were you? I was 15. Hmm. But, well, I guess I should back up a little bit because before all that, he had a brother 
my dad had a brother that had um, hepatitis, I believe, and he died young. And I guess that affected my dad because they were fairly close in age. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, and then it's hard for me to say exactly when the abuse came, if it was before or after that, I want to say probably a little after that. But when his brother died, then all of a sudden we started checking out some churches. You know, we didn't particularly find one, but we tried several. And your dad was interested in checking these? He was, I think he was the main one. Okay. I think he was the one main factor that was wanting to. I'm sure, I mean, mom, the way she is, I'm sure she was probably hoping for that all along, you know? Right. But I don't know. But, I mean, that would that would be my first, I guess I would say, glimpse into the, you know, the God, the Christian world. Mm-hmm. That only lasted so long, but at least I got to hear who God was, mm-hmm. you know, see how churches went and whatnot. I mean, I was still really too young to really get any of it, but but then after he was gone, and after the abuse, I just went went wild, I guess. So, how did the abuse uh, change you, or you know, like what did how did it affect your life? Well, I spent. I spent pretty much my whole life after that, I guess, somewhat crushed, but also trying to be proud and and put it in my mind that I wasn't going to let it define me. I was going to f- put it in this small corner of my mind and stay on a substance, depending on no matter what substance it might be, to uh, actually... I actually thought I could compartmentalize it so far deep that I could actually forget about it. Hmm. And I spent probably 20 years doing that. And in my mind, I wasn't letting that define me. Hmm. And then I come to terms talking to a Christian counselor probably about six years ago. And it really dawned on me that that's exactly what I did. I did let it define me. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, I was using to not think about all that stuff. And I guess in my mind, like, I always, I don't know where it came from, but I always had the thing about, you know, you can't kill yourself because, you know, I don't know if there is a God or what, what, you know, what the deal is, but. I'm not going to risk going to hell, you know, by killing myself. And that, luckily, that mantra has stayed with me, so I haven't really had that issue. But I think with all the using and whatnot, I think that in my mind, I was, I saw it as a loophole. Mm -hmm. Like, if I accidentally kill myself, Mm -hmm. then that wouldn't be technically killing myself on purpose, Right. You know. So, um, 
So compartmentalizing wasn't the right way to handle the, you know, that what, so how are you handling it or what, what's a better route? Of what's a better route is, is dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's that mean? Well, what that means is actually, I mean, I started through all this, like I started, I gave my life to Jesus about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had Jesus, but I wasn't, I still wasn't, I was just trying to move on. I wasn't dealing with the baggage, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, and so really, it didn't. Wasn't until the pandemic came around, and the world was getting crazier and crazier. You know, I was, I was pretty much ready just to isolate. You know, I I got my Bible. You know, I could read my Bible. I don't need to go talk. I don't need to talk to any of these crazy people out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all nuts. They don't know if they're a boy or a girl. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's just crazy. I'm like, this world is insane right now. So, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to go out. And then then the Spirit just pushed me to, uh, it's really odd, pushed me to that church that I'm going to. For They have a CR, Celebrate Recovery. Okay. And... Uh, that's where it pushed me to. Mm-hmm. And I was dealing with anxiety real bad then, like social anxiety. I didn't like being around a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I would actually get dizzy, and it was pretty bad. Pretty, You know, it was tough to, like, I was having problems, like, even going into a schnooks or something because I'd get in there, and it would manifest as dizziness. Hmm. Like, I was afraid I was going to pass out or something. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I was always where I, I don't want to be the guy passing out in the middle of Stucks and walk, ambulance wheeling you out on a gurney and all that. Right. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, that probably too contributed to the, uh, I don't need to be out there. I'm just going to read my Bible and pray and right. stay at home. But then he told me, no, go out to there. And I just listened. I listened. You know, and dealing with the anxiety and whatnot. Like, I felt so strong that that's, you know, that I was divinely told to do that. And it, in my mind, it was like, well, you know, if I go out there and I get sick, I die, whatever, I'd be doing it while I'm obeying. <laughs> and ever since then, it's been... Things have just been really great. I mean, because, you know, the celebrating recovery, I've been, you know, off of, off of substances and whatnot mm-hmm. for, well, since 2016. So that's like, what, eight years, seven years? Mm-hmm. And but, when did you start Celebrate Recovery? About that same time? No. No, I didn't start that till probably a year and a half ago. Okay. And um, is that when you've um, really started to address the abuse in your life at Celebrate Recovery? Yes. And um, 
And then is there a particular process for that or like, or, you know, there is, I mean, in a way it's kind of like a NA or AA, mm-hmm. you know, the difference is, is, you know, in NA or AA, you know, you got to have a higher power, but they tell you it can be a doorknob or a light bulb. And mm-hmm. that's just like, that makes no sense at all, you know, but, but celebrate recoveries. I really can't really rave on it enough because it's almost how, like, it's almost how churches should be. Hmm. Because you go there, and it's not just for people that are addicted to substances or alcohol. or I mean, it's there for people that have, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Co, oh, like codependency. Codependency, yeah. Okay. Or people deal with anger. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a lot of people think it's just all of it's some type of you know rehab, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's about help letting Christ help you deal with the things that cause you to get to go into that lifestyle. I'd want to, mm-hmm. you know cover things up with substance or lashing out or, you know, whatever it is. But why I say it should be how all churches are is because, you know, you go in there, we, you know, we sing praise the Lord. And then the people that you're in there with, they're not Sunday Christians that are like, we're going to show up, get our little Bible fix for the day and, go out and live everybody in there has no problem telling anybody else in there their problems that they're screwed up mm-hmm. and that chant that's a that's a, such a dynamic you know because in, in a lot of you know regular churches you can't really just go tell your like deepest secret or whatever to right people in there because as good of churches you think it might be there's still going to be people that are talking behind your back it's just how it is mm-hmm. i have been church enough to know that they that's how a lot of them operate you know mm-hmm. and that's just everybody's there for each other right you know and it's you know what you hear in here stays in here Mm-hmm. You know, they don't go there and going to be out in Walmart talking about, oh, so-and-so was there. And you wouldn't believe all the dirt I got on them. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's an animate anonymity to it. Yeah. What's the format like? The format is, uh, well, they have, they have a, a meeting every, every week. Mm-hmm. And generally it's like at the, I think they're different at a lot of, different churches mm-hmm. as far as formats but okay. like the one I go to in Hillsboro it kind of trades off like one week it'll be because there's books to it okay and they're, they're like workbooks and whatnot that help you follow it it's written I think they're written by Rick Warren oh really okay or he's part of it anyway but mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, they're just steps to help you see who you wronged, who wronged you, how to, you know, to get you to be, to be able to forgive who you need to forgive, mm -hmm. make amends with who you need to make amends with. Mm -hmm. Just all of this stuff that's that's healthy to bring you back into a you know a holier person, mm -hmm. you know. And, and as you're doing that, I mean, Jesus is healing you. So, was like forgiving your dad a part of your part? That's of the, definitely part of it. Yeah, yeah. So even though he's dead. Um, you know, you had to kind of go through that process, or is it something you're still working on? Well, it's funny because when I was when I was still going to my old church, like Ozzy used to give me rides home all the time. Okay, and I kind of opened up to him about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember telling him, you know, he'd be saying, "You you have to forgive him," mm -hmm. and I remember saying, to him, "I'll never forgive him, hmm. never." Yeah. You know, and Ozzy's like, you you have to though. Mm -hmm. you know, and we didn't get anywhere with that, but <laughs> but you know, probably I guess about six years ago, I did get to the point to where I could say, you know, I I don't know what he had to go through as a kid himself. You know, I don't know none of that, and I I was able to finally forgive him I don't forgive what he did mm -hmm. but you know me carrying it with me is just hurting me yeah so so yeah and then once once I got to that point where I could forgive him I was able to actually remember back to some good things when he was around yeah. I mean there were few and far between but but I mean, my mind spent the last twenty years just not thinking of him at all. You know, yeah. doing the best I could not to not even think, not even really remember my childhood that much. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, fifteen years ago, giving your life to Jesus. So, what do you mean by that? How did that happen? You know. Well. I mean, I was messing up in the process of what I was just talking about, you know, mm -hmm. using and, but I was going to church still, you know, with mom, because I, I actually enjoyed the church that we were going to. Mm -hmm. But now I was baptized when I was a little kid. Okay. At the church where, you know. Not at that church. It was a different church. Okay. Yeah, I was a little, little, okay, little, little kid. I see. Yeah, and I would just, I was, I felt convicted mm -hmm. during a sermon, hmm. and they were baptized, and and I wasn't on the list of people to be baptized, but I, I was convicted and went down there and and did it for my, you know, I asked to be baptized rather than I just got dunked because somebody else thought. It, well, when I was a little kid, obviously, you know, they used to think, oh, we got to get that checked off the list. Right. You know, so. Okay, so 15 years ago, you were at church, and they were baptizing, and and that's when you felt, like, uh, convicted. Mm -hmm. So, meaning, just kind of like, uh, 
recognizing yourself as a sinner. Is that what you mean by convicted? I, I mean, I guess you could put it that way, but it was more just, more just along the lines of, I guess what he was talking about just kind of hit me, hit me, mm-hmm. and the way I remember it, it's almost like I was just pulled down to the water, you know. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's weird to me that I can remember it still like that, but. It didn't seem like there was much choice in it. Like, I just knew. Yeah. And then, what about the next day? Like, um, did your life... Oh, I was 180 degrees different. So you were... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was definitely probably different, but I was still still struggling with the uh, internal battles that, Mm -hmm. that I had, you know. And okay, so in what way were you different then? I was different in a way that I knew that there was. I knew that I had help. I guess. Okay. I didn't know how to access the help, particularly. Mm-hmm. But I had I had a force for good in my corner. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean it's. Life went a little farther. I think I told you last time we had dinner and whatnot, but I mean, he helped me through some jail time. And and that was after that? Yeah, that was after that. So um, so that, that was an experience of um, feeling, you know, God was there helping you. Is that, when did you get into the Bible? Around that same time or after or before or? Well, I mean, I was going to church ever ever since, like, the baptism. Like, even before the baptism, I was going to church every week. So so you were kind of hearing the Bible, and you were getting familiar with it and so forth. Yeah. I see. Yeah, but then when I was locked up for a little while, that's when I had all the time in the world to really read the book. And what did you get locked up for? I got locked up for... Not paying child support in a six-month time period. I see. Okay. And then how long were you in jail for? Well, I actually went twice because I screwed up twice. But For the same thing? Basically. Well, I was on probation. I see. When I got out, I was on probation. Okay. And then I failed a drug test and wound up back. But, but yeah, I mean, I I knew he was there. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I I know I wouldn't be here now if he wasn't there. He kept me from losing my mind when I was in there. So, what do you do when um, you feel like you're losing your mind? Or how how did he help you? Like, what did that look like, um, accessing that help or, you know, getting him to help you and so forth? Well, that's a kind of a kind of a tough one to really say in the short term. But mostly, I you know, when you're in a prison, it's it just you can feel the cold and the evil hmm. around you. I mean, it's just it's almost suffocating. Were you in Jefferson County Jail? Is that where you were? I started there, but I actually had to go to prison. Prison, which, yeah. Okay. So. 
I mean, it's, jail's not any better than... Right. But, yeah, I mean, prison's worse where it's just like... Hmm. It's evil. You just feel it. Mm-hmm. That You feel it in the air. Yeah. You know, it's, it's probably why a lot of people go to a prison and then they come out worse. Hmm. You know, but... But I, I got I wound up being stuck with someone that was in there for doing the same thing my dad did to me. Hmm. And we were stuck in a little eight by ten room twenty three hours of the day. And he annoyed me so bad. And he was this little frail old guy. And I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that. I almost wanted to take my aggressions out, mm-hmm. you know, on him. Mm-hmm. And Jesus kept me from doing that. Mm-hmm. And that that's saying a lot because, I mean, that guy was driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, that's one of the, one of the biggest, in my look back, it's one of the biggest times that, you know, if you ever think, oh, maybe I didn't have Jesus or something. When I look back to then, that's the main one I go to. Like, no, I know I did. You know, so. Because otherwise, um, you know, you would have um, not been able to, to live with that guy. Is that basically what you're saying? Yeah, that is what I'm saying. Did, was it all always did it ever get to be more than just tolerating him well well I mean I, I mean you, I kind of caught heck from the other inmates mm-hmm. because generally what you do if you want to be like them is you do whatever it takes to not get sold with one of them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to cause problems. And then I guess there was part of me is this like, I don't have to like him, but rather than him getting stuck with somebody that's real bad and, and will probably hurt him, mm-hmm. if not kill him. So I, I guess I kind of... I, I did the unthinkable by staying in there and not, mm-hmm. you know, going crazy saying I wouldn't bunk with him or, you know, none of that. Right. And I somewhat stood up for him, but not totally. I mean, they still messed with him, but, mm-hmm. but I mean, I didn't let him go too far just because when it started affecting me, you know, then I'd have to stop them. Mm-hmm. You know, but I would be lying if I'd say a part of me probably didn't uh, enjoy him catching a little bit of crap for right. being in there for what he was in there for. Yeah. Um, okay, so I thought I'd ask you about just where you're wanting to head in the future, but anything else as far as like um, just leading you up to this point that's, you know, 
should bring up? Well, I guess um, probably one of the main things to say at this point is since I started going to celebrate recovery, like the uh, group that the Bible study group that we're in, yeah, <laughs> that I'm in, and then the other one that I'm in, right. <clears throat> Be a lot of the same people, but but I owed an amends to at least one person in our group, and I was worried about that. And it had been 12 years, you know, coming, but I was out of town and whatnot. But I had been away from these great family of men that I, you know, spent so much time with, and I let my shame. And pride, I guess, get in the way of getting back to my, I mean, I call them family. I call you family, you know. <laughs> you know, when I pray for all you guys at night, thanking God for the family that he's given me. But uh, so, so getting back together with the group of men is pr- like pretty big in your life, huh? Yeah, it was huge. But... He, him telling me to go to CR, which I started learning more and whatnot in there. Yeah. And I knew there was a men's... was I knew that was a thing in that group. Right. But okay. we wasn't in, that far in the book yet. Okay, yeah. But I knew it was coming, and I just kind of went ahead and jumped ahead. Right. I, I called Ozzy... Or actually, I called Craig, which is my other group. Yeah. And then I called Ozzy and let you know, told them what was up, and and it, it was. I probably talked to them the same day, and then probably the following day, had them telling me to come back. You know, come back to family. Just mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Just let us love on you. Mm-hmm. So I did, and. I got my family back with yeah. some new people and yeah and so um, life's just I mean things are just getting better and better really and then and then you had a medical situation um, like a few years back how long ago has that been? 2016 okay 2016 and um, so what it was an ulcer that um, yeah that leaked inside Okay. I got all septic and it was quite an ordeal. Ended up in critical condition. Yeah. 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 Still have PTSD from it. From um, the experience of it, like the pain of it, or that, but mostly um, having to, um, I I call it learning to breathe again because I had the breathing tube in my throat. Okay. And it was, like, so bad to have that in my throat. Like, I was, I guess, somewhat kind of out of it. Mm-hmm. But but for some reason, it was just so uncomfortable that I'd always keep pulling it out. Hmm. Yeah. Whether, you know, they, they'd get mad at me for it, and I would not try to do it, but it would just happen. So, But I was kind of out of it. Right. You know, so. And then it just got to a point where they're like, you're never going to be 
have this thing out of your throat if you don't learn to start breathing on your own. Hmm. And it would be it was a panic situation. Like I would not be able to breathe, and then they, you know, they'd have to come in. They'd tell me to calm down, which you try to calm down when you can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was just a, it was crazy, but here I am. And then, so that was in two, 2016. Um, as far as, like, you, did you have to go through therapy or anything? Mm-hmm. Did you? Okay. I had to, well, I had to go through a rehab because they had me in a coma for like four months. Okay. On a feeding tube and whatnot. So when they pulled me out of that, mm-hmm. Like, I had been in bed for about four or five months, so I couldn't walk or none of that. So I had to go to a, a rehabilitation. Yeah. So. Seems like you've been through a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I have been through a whole lot. And I'd say, yeah, there were factors that took me to it, but I, I call a lot of it self-induced. Mm-hmm. So where are you headed? Where do you want to be in 10 years from now? Don't know. Because, I mean, ever since the 2016 thing, well, I I broke my my ankle, my tibia amphibia. Uh I snapped them at the same time. That had me laid up for a little while, too. How did you do that? Stepped through. I was helping my brother floor. Mm-hmm. This little dumpy trailer, and it had a bad spot in the subfloor, and stepped through, and hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so once once that happened, I wound up getting. They had to do surgery on it, and then I wound up getting staff in the bone, hmm. so that had me down for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And when you're down like that. All you can do is eat and watch TV and nothing else. Mm-hmm. So I put on a bunch of weight. What year was this when that accident happened? It would have been not good with dates, but I guess it would have been maybe eight years ago. Okay. So yeah, and then the 2016 thing happened, and and then with the PSD thing and everything going on, it was uh, I pretty much just felt like my time was up. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I feel like that even to this day. Like, you know, I did a number on myself, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that was really getting to me. It's like, you know, I'm probably about out of time. And that was a real, a real thought, and I could still let myself get to that thought because I mean, it's not much different except, well, I mean now I am working and, and you know getting exercise and, yeah, you know building my strength back up and whatnot. But that's another spot where going to uh, when I went to CR and got back out and talking to people and. 
Bible study in and everything. Pretty much, I mean, God just hit me with, with the, uh, the verse that uh, you can't add a single day on your life worrying about it. Yeah. And that just, it's like all of a sudden, poof, you know, that, that went away. And now I look every day as a gift and, mm-hmm. and try to not get caught up in tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. You know, so ever since, ever since that happened, so I don't know where I'll be ten years from now. If I'm still here, I'll be doing some something, something good. Short um, term, I'd like to uh, find some particular way to uh, help people, young addicts. Okay. I mean, because I've got the uh, the knowledge mm-hmm. when it comes to that. You know, I mean, because. You know, I've been to a rehab before, and somebody that learned what it's like from a book and trying to help people, that doesn't work. Somebody that's been where you are and help you can help them get out of it, that you, they'll listen to you rather than somebody that just read a book. And Yeah. So that's, I've thought that a while back, like just trying to make sense of, why God let me run through all the stuff that I did, and how you know how can I use it in a good way? Have you ever uh, considered like a jail ministry or prison ministry? Yes. Okay. I have. I'm not there yet, but that's one of the areas that I thought could be a possibility. Yeah. Um, one option might be like um, like right now I'm a. I guess kind of a pin pal with a, a person who's in prison, but um, also at our church there's a um, it's kind of organized where when they go into the people go into the county jail mm-hmm. they can say if they want someone to visit them, and then you just take a name, you know, people from our church and some people are not a part of our church who are still part of doing this, and then they'll it's just up to them to reach out and contact the person. When I, I was doing it, I'm not doing it currently, but I, I did, and at that time, you could go in person, and you would just talk to the person through the glass. Now, so it would be kind of a one-on-one? Yeah. Now it's a video type of thing, so you go and then you're looking at a, a video monitor, you know? But anyway, um, what... Um, so do you have any rituals in your life or routines to your day that is meaningful to you? Well, I, um, a lot of, a lot, the ones I do now are, they're, they're kind of newer. Okay. So like I, I take time out of my day before I go to work to, uh, I'm doing a reading, reading plan on my Bible. Okay. Yeah. So before I go to work, I, no matter what, make sure I get that reading in. Mm-hmm. You know, pray before I read it and ask the Spirit to tell me what uh, He wants me to meditate on while I'm at work. Okay. And that that's a good habit I'm enjoying. And praying my prayer game, I upped it probably a hundredfold from. Well, I've been going pretty hard and strong with it. 
I'd say probably six months to a year. I don't know exactly when, but yeah, you know, every night, mm-hmm. you know, actually on my knees, pray before bed, mm-hmm. you know, and then times through the day as well. And that's been a major, a major uh, good thing. Yeah, it keeps you centered, mind in the right, right spot. And I listen to a lot of Joy ninety eight. Yeah. Um, it's about as ritualistic as it gets. What's uh, you know, what's the most satisfying thing that you that you do that's a part of your day or your week or whatever? It's a good question. I guess just d- doing things for people and setting good examples for people people that need to see good examples and know that I'm sorry that's okay you know like um I have brothers that live with me oh do you younger brothers okay and they're they've got a long way to go okay you know and with my history they're not going to listen you know, if I try to tell them what they should be doing or, or any of that, they're not, you know, they're going to be like, shut up. You're used to being home, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just set a good example. I serve them. Yeah. And so when I'm able to do that and do it all with a, good heart about my you know good heart about it mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy that I enjoy working hard for Ed which in my mind I'm working hard for God just same time yeah so yeah I mean things there's so much really that, that I'm thankful for yeah so so things are all good right now. All right. Well, Hank, it's been good to talk with you. It's good to know you. It's good to know you too. Well, thanks. Well, thanks for being a, a guest on the podcast. I can't believe it. Do I get a prize or something? Oh, one of them cookies? You can have another cookie. Yeah. <laughs>